0: Love Talk Radio.
1: the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. Man, I got all twisted around there. The Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, uh, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. i sure I'm glad you did. Uh, I'm surprised I did. I Man, whoa. I don't know what's going on. Um, I am very excited, though. You know, I've had a couple days off. That's what it is. I got to get back into the rhythm of things, man, the rhythm of things. I want to apologize to everybody who um, were looking forward to the shows this week. We uh, pushed those, um, had to push those, our host server had some issues, and so we, um, uh, Tuesday show is going to be tomorrow, and Wednesday's show is going to be next Thursday, so it's all on my website, uh, you can keep up there, and check out all of our previous uh, episodes, this is episode 1,102, and it's an exciting one, it's an exciting, we have an exciting guest lined up here, um, fantastic uh, filmmaker, and she has made, a, uh, as I understand it, uh, a heck of a documentary. Um, so without further ado, let's talk to her about it. I'd like to welcome uh, Mrs. Kate Ryan Brewer. Kate, well, how are you? Well, thank you so
2: much. I'm doing really well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I want to say at the beginning of this, um, I have not seen your documentary yet. I, am, I plan on seeing it tomorrow when it releases. With everybody, because um, it, it's releasing all over the place tomorrow uh, through uh, Global Digital releasing, right? That's
2: correct. Yeah, tomorrow May seventh, it'll be out through Lemley Virtual Cinema. So we're we're really excited. Wow.
1: That's cool. That is cool. Now I have seen the trailer, of course, and I, I, they send me a big thing of show notes and all this and that. So I, I, I get what it's going on. I want to say, um, you know, usually at this part of the show, I have something, you know, funny. Yeah? I make a little joke or something. Not today. Not today. Um, I think it's awesome you made this documentary. I think it totally sucks that it needed to be made. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, the name of the documentary is Not a Forced Marriage Story and. This is a big issue. This is a big problem that's going on that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Kate, how did you, you know about this?
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Before I made this documentary, honestly, I wasn't aware of what a huge problem forced in child marriage still is in the United States. I, my background is primarily in filmmaking and and in screenwriting and narrative, but I ended up working in communications for a nonprofit that deals with gender violence issues. And it was while I was working there that I discovered that this is still such a huge problem in the United States. And I was shocked. I was completely Mm. taken aback and aghast. And so finding out more and more about how complex the issue is, that was one of the factors that really prompted me to want to create a platform for survivors to share their stories? Because I think people will and do care about this issue. They care about other people. They just don't know it's happening necessarily.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Every I think what, what happens is every time there's um, some raid on some obscure cult in some desert town or a mountain, you know, stockade or whatever, um, that's not the right word I'm looking for, uh, compound, <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for,
3: um,
1: it, it comes out. You know, in a lot of these cults, and um, people, you know, they're like, "Oh, that's terrible." Well, I'm glad that's no longer going on. You know, that 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 was stopped, and it's good that that individual situation was stopped. But as you're bringing to light, that isn't. It happens other places as well, and surprisingly, other places, urban areas and stuff.
2: Blew me away. Yeah, I think. I Me too, <laughs> honestly. When I first found out about it and in the process of making the documentary, just learning so much more every single day, I think that's one of the major misconceptions is that it is only happening in small, tiny communities or very specific cults, and that's not the case. It's a very, very widespread issue that affects primarily women and girls, sometimes men and boys as well, but mostly women and girls from a very diverse, of communities and backgrounds. We're talking all different religions. We're talking secular communities, all different cultural and ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic groups.
1: It really runs the gamut, unfortunately. And how is this even legally on the books, man? I I this is crazy, you know? This is one of those deals like, you know, yeah, you shouldn't murder people. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be marrying, (laughs) doing anything else with kids, you know? Um, Come on. I I don't mean to get on a high horse. I just, it's very shocking <laughs> to me, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that it is still legal. In fact, it's still legal in 46 states. There are only four oh states God. so far that have closed the loopholes that allow for child marriage. And that wave really began in roughly 2018. So I mean, we Whoa. still have a long way to go, but the there's such a patchwork of loopholes across the United States. Some places or some states, you need uh, parental and judicial consent. Some places, you only need the per- permission from one parent. Mm. It is yeah. all
0: over the place, too. Yeah. It's it's.
1: It. Shocking and terrible. And, and, folks, you know, like I said, I, I read – I got all this – they always send a bunch of show notes and everything. And, I, of course, I went down the rabbit hole uh, when I got this, and um, I wanted to wait to see the, doc, the documentary with everybody. Because um, the thing is, my wife uh, had to work, and um, I wanted her to watch it as well, because she's really into this type of stuff, um, meaning, meaning she gets worked up about it. And um, it interests Mm -hmm. her, and um, you know she tries to do stuff about it, you know, body positivity, the whole thing, and um, very proud of her about that. But anyway, uh, so I wanted to wait till Friday because, and we have it planned, you know, we have our the whole thing. Um, But so I went down the rabbit hole. I started, I started Googling, and I was shocked. I, I was just blown away, you know. Especially in the current political situation in the country, um, you know, there's one big news story with, with somebody, and, and we're not going to get into it, but, but, you know, dating a, a 17-year-old. And I, I have friends of mine, well, you know, the girl was 17. To me, that's still a kid, and that you can't get consent legally, so, you know, um, there you go. That's how that plays. But you're talking some of these girls that get in these situations are not 17 and a half or, or, or what have you. They're, they're kids. I mean, like literally little kids, you know, mm-hmm. people think this is cool. I, I, I don't get it. It makes me want to punch somebody in the face, to be honest with you. I, I just, <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience. I know, I know I'm supposed to be, you know, sophisticated and everything, but it's just, there's limits, you know, and, and yeah, I know. I, I feel you. That.
2: Oh, especially the more uh, I I hear different survivor stories, yeah, it it definitely boils the blood. I think part of our problem is that our uh, for probably a lot of reasons in our society, once you throw the word marriage onto something, it kind of sanitizes it in this way where we would otherwise call it pedophilia, where we would otherwise call it abuse or grooming or manipulation or any number of or statutory rape. Um, So I think we have this weird cognitive dissonance in our society as a whole where this is all happening right in front of us. It's hiding in plain sight. But because of the way we ha- tend to think about the institution of marriage, or you know how we've been taught to think about it for a long time, it sort of gives it a pass. Which, of course, as soon as you start looking at it, and you can clearly see, well, this is uh, this is pretty terrible, and this shouldn't happen. And the U- U.S. State Department even considers marriage before age eighteen a human rights abuse across the world. So. The fact that it's still mm-hmm. happening here is definitely something
1: we need to address,
2: yeah i mean this
1: is this is the u s this is you know um this is the western world, this isn't some you know backwards place in, in, in a continent far, far away, you know in the middle of the amazon jungle or something this, this is happening here, folks here um this could be happening in your neighborhood, you know that's what's scary about this.
2: Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, and,
2: and I it, think one of the interesting. Oh, I mean to cut
1: you off. Go ahead. No, no. Soon well, one of the gone. interesting
2: things uh, I've found about when I have this conversation with people is when I say forced and child marriage, it's a kind of formal phrase that doesn't necessarily register with people. However, when I start describing the scenarios, uh, what coercion looks like what the force and the pressure to get married, what these different situations actually look like in a nuanced kind of context, all of a sudden it clicks. So, you know, pre-COVID times, and I'd be out uh, talking with people without a mask on and I'd be describing Mm. these scenarios almost inevitably, almost every gathering I was at, someone would say, oh, wait, my aunt went through that or I had a friend who went through that, or that happened to my mom. Or sometimes even people say that happened to me. And I think one of the difficult things about this issue is that survivors of this issue really still struggle to be believed. I mean, it it incorporates a whole host of different types of abuses. But once again, we have that whole, you know, slap a sticker of matrimony on it and we're okay with it question mark
3: (laughs) Mm.
1: and now folks a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors stay tuned we'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages listen to this cool episode ad free if you're a vip member you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.ja.m.i.e.r.o.x.x.us.
0: My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha.
3: Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but align by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats on is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another—a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com, to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks
2: Gear,
0: the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us.
1: Well, i tell you, the thing, here's the reality, folks. You know, when you're talking marriage, there's stuff that comes after that. And that's let alone the, the psychological, you know, blah, 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 of, oh, we're, well, we're having a party, and you're a princess, and we're getting married, you know, and all that. We're talking the, the down and dirty bad stuff, man. That that happens to two kids and, um, and everybody turning a blind eye to it. I, I don't dig that at all. I, I mean, you know, it's just maybe mm-hmm. I'm a minority. I don't know. I, um, I, it, it, it shocks me. It's, and as you said, it makes my blood boil. That's a good way to put that. Um, that really bothers me, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it isn't just, it isn't just a cultural thing. I remember many, many years ago when I was a kid, I grew up in Metro Detroit and um, lived all over Metro Detroit. Uh, you know, when you're young and you move around, you live over here, meet a girl and live over there, you know, that kind of thing. I lived in a, uh, in a neighbor, uh, well, a city uh, called Deerfield, or uh, not Deerfield, um Dearborn, Michigan, which is uh, very, a very ton of people from the Middle East lived there. A ton of people. Matt, I don't know if it's true or not, but everybody used to say at that time. This was twenty-some years ago. Um, that there was the largest concentration of folks from Middle East um, outside of Middle East were there. And there were great things and good food and all this and that. And it was a different culture. I've always considered myself pretty forward thinking, pretty liberal um, on the majority of things, pretty open-minded. And I came living in that environment. I came a couple of times with certain situations that were a cultural norm for them but weren't for me. And it really made me reevaluate just exactly how forward-thinking I was. Um, this, I don't think I can reevaluate it. <laughs> you know? I, I don't think there's yeah. any any way of, well, it's just their culture. No, this is just wrong. And it's cool that you've brought attention to it. I, I think it's important. I'm surprised nobody else has.
2: Well, yeah, thank you for sharing that too. I think that is really important to point out that child marriage is not a requirement of any religion that's out there. So when we're
3: talking about
2: the whole host of reasons that one or someone would, you know, force a child or put a child into a marriage that is going to harm them, it really is a huge spectrum from people with really truly awful intentions to people who genuinely think that this is the best thing for their child unfortunately the result which is the harm has study after study after study has shown that early marriage marriage of those before the age of majority which in this country is 18 just has such a huge detrimental impact to the minor that is entered into that marriage, regardless of the circumstances. So unfortunately, right. children are so vulnerable. They are the, uh, I would, I would argue that, uh, a majority probably, if not, you know, most uh, child marriages are due to some aspect of pressure, coercion, um, that kind of scenario. So, But, uh, yeah, like I said, unfortunately, the result is the same, and the studies have all shown that you are facing significantly higher rates of domestic violence, sexual abuse, physical abuse, Mm. uh, significantly higher rates of poverty, um, more likely to develop all kinds of mental health and physical health issues. I mean, it
1: it really is. It's not good. It's not good. No. <laughs> line. No, on any level. On any level. You know, children's brains are still developing. I, I would argue that, you know, I've known a lot of people that got married at like 22. And uh, when I hear, you know, some, when I, now that I'm an old man, I hear something, you know, oh, my kids, you know, they're, they're engaged. They're 21. I, I kind of like roll my eyes a little bit going, oh, that's not going to end well. <laughs> um, just because I've seen the track record, you know? Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Maybe it will. Hopefully it will. Hopefully I'm wrong. But, well, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. Let alone somebody that's 15, 14. Are you kidding me? Those people are not ready. To, those people aren't barely ready to go study with somebody. Um, oh my, let alone yeah. marriage I... <laughs> and all the stuff that's involved with that. Well, oh. exactly.
2: Exactly. I mean, I would argue that most adults don't have a full comprehension of the consequences of marriage, for better or worse. Um, and you can't, you can't reasonably have that expectation of a child. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is that uh, 16 and 17-year-olds are actually some of the highest risk. For being forced into a, a marriage, unfortunately, hmm. I think in part because you know it's natural for people to think, well, you know, it's closer to eighteen, maybe they're a little bit more mature <laughs> in that sense. Although I, I mean, my goodness, I they're still children. <laughs> let's let's be honest about that. Exactly. It. But uh, part of the huge issue there too is that once they're entered into that marriage, they're still considered a minor in the eyes of the country and the state. They have zero agency. They cannot file for a mm. protective order. They cannot file for divorce. They, uh, because contracts with children are, or minors, are legally voidable. Uh, most domestic violence shelters mm-hmm. don't take in children or can't take in children. They would be considered a runaway and uh, be obliged to return them to their guardian slash spouse. Uh, oh my there God. are a I'm whole host of issues where they're oh. just completely trapped. So, you know, when we're looking at 16- and 17-year-olds, because some states, you know, will look at bills where maybe there was no floor of age before and say, well, why don't we just raise it to 16 or 17? My argument there is, okay, well, it's really not a long period of time to tell a 17-year-old to wait till they're 18 if they really, really, really want to get married. But it is an eternity, and it has lifelong consequences. If a seventeen-year-old spends a year being sexually abused, so I feel oh, like man. that that year of the way you look at it does make a difference.
1: And it's it's weird because there, there's things you know. When I first heard about your documentary and whatnot, I was you know of course the gears are turning in my head and whatnot. And um, I'm a painter by trade. I, I paint pictures of people. And, really into pop art and that kind of stuff, you know? So I look for trends and whatnot. It just automatically, when I hear something, it's how my brain works. And yeah. I, um, you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, the classic movie that everybody thinks is just so romantic and whatnot, and I guess they, everybody, and I've never thought about it, but I guess they just gloss over it. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. ran away from a whole marriage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it was a bad scene, and they didn't get into the nitty gritty of it, of course, in that film. But yeah, you remember the end? Judge Clampett showed up, or the, the Buddy Epson, the guy who played Jack Holmes, and um, you know, and everybody's just like, "Oh, well, you know." And I get that that was a different time in the '60s and whatnot. It's still wrong, you know. It's, you're still it's still a, a problem. Um, it's weird, man. We have a weird culture. It, it's weird that people are. You've made this documentary, and, and I, in my world, I would imagine everybody in the street on Saturday after they see this tomorrow, you know, with pitchforks and torches, and <laughs> saying, "Okay, that that ain't happening here." Um, <laughs> that's what should happen, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope it
3: will. Wow. Yeah,
2: I I I would hope that there would be that level of outrage, and I really do feel like this shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, this really should be a bipartisan issue. This is something that I think we all can agree on that this is a human rights abuse and it is Mm -hmm. severely affecting children and these are lives that are completely ruined by this practice. Hey, let's not do that anymore. Um, in, In that sense, I really do feel like I i hope that part of what people get from this documentary and from conversations they have with their friends their family and is that this is it is a nuanced issue it is a complex one but the solution in terms of ending child marriage that really shouldn't be that complex the way it looks the way it happens those are where the nuances are And they're helpful to understand because it also then helps you understand how, you know, how one finds themselves in a situation like this and have more empathy and be, you know, believing of survivors when they're, when they're sharing their stories. But the whole, Hey, let's children by ending these loopholes where they're, they can be forced to marry. I I feel like that's
1: pretty simple or should be. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty cut and dry, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, we have links, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for more information and where you can watch the film and all this and that. We have uh, the website. very easy to get to. It's www.notthefilm.com. K-N-O-T-S-T-H-E-F-I-L-M.com. And we also have links to all the social media regarding the uh, documentary. Uh, you can find those links on the notthefilm.com website websites, great website, uh, very informative, but, you know, set your copy down when you look at it because you'll see some of the stats and you're going to be as surprised as me, I'm sure. And, and as worked up as well. And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. to this cool episode ad free if you're a vip member you can become one on my website www.jamierocks.us
0: this is a message from the centers for disease control and
1: prevention older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions L-B-I-O-N dot com. Michelle Aubian dot com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. Folks. It's, it's, I'm so glad you made this film. I'm so glad you made this film. Um, we were talking a little bit off mic uh, before the show started. You said this was a long process making this documentary.
2: Yeah, this has been five years in the making. <laughs> it took a while,
0: <laughs>
2: but uh, I, I th- there were a lot of ups and downs throughout there, and uh, it was definitely a roller coaster. But my I I am so incredibly grateful for my amazing crew uh, who were just completely dedicated and with me every step of the way, and the three incredible survivors, Nina, Sarah, and Brady, who shared their stories, really bared all to be able to help bring this issue further to light. All three of them are incredible advocates in their own way, amazing women, and their bravery and their vulnerability and fortitude to be able to do this because they believe so in helping others who are facing this and hopefully ending this practice in general, I'm just immensely grateful for them. I mean, any any time that it, it felt overwhelming in the last five years, and I would be at a point where I would think we have no funding and I don't know what to do. And I have no idea how we're going to get to the next step. Oh my God, what have I done? Um, it was thinking about the three of them and how they trusted us. That really kept me going. <laughs>
1: I hear you. I can only imagine. You, you got to get it done It for, for this sake, you know, and, and for all the others, uh, because there, yeah. this isn't a hundred people we're talking about um, or just three people we're talking about. Thousands and thousands of, of, of young girls are in this situation and, and potentially facing this situation. Oh, my God. I, I just I again, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for my lack of decorum. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be all cool and everything. This topic just just hit me like like a, like a board or something. I'm. It, it, it's hard. It's a hard topic that it, to know that this is happening in our country. You know. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I. Blown away I have, by it.
2: I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to create some space to have a conversation about it because they are uncomfortable conversations. They are difficult conversations, <laughs> and uh, maybe that's part of the reason that we haven't been having them—they
1: need to happen, ladies and gentlemen. And and like Kate said too, this isn't—I I don't care what your political affiliate. It, it, this is a, this isn't a, a political thing. This is a moral thing an ethical thing you know um, you, you got to do what you can to help uh, that's all I'm saying you know and and if this is going on in your community or in your state or whatever remember it when you go to vote you know or even before then get a hold of some of these folks uh, that they're supposed to be running everything and say hey we need to close these loopholes this is crazy
3: this
1: insane
2: I can't have this going on. You know, that's a great point, And that's a really good sort of first start if people are interested in getting involved, It's just finding out what's happening in your state. What are the laws in your state? Uh, who are your representatives? And have they heard about this? And is there a bill that's being introduced? If not, is there a way to introduce a bill to close these loopholes? Because unfortunately, that's what it's looking like it will take is going state by state by state and uh okay there are 4 down now but 46 states to go with varying degrees of severity in their loopholes but you know that's there i i really think that people do care and just had no idea and have no idea that this is happening right in their backyards so i'm i'm hopeful in that sense that once people know and understand the whole concept of closing these loopholes is something that costs nothing and hurts no one and
1: protects vulnerable children. So
2: it it seems like a win-win for everyone.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kate, I've I've kept you longer than I said I would, and I I apologize about that. Um, You're fascinating. I could do one of these three-hour Joe Rogan things talking to you. But I know film's coming out tomorrow. You got a lot of press to
3: do. <laughs> I want to thank you
1: not only for um, making this documentary, but taking time out of your schedule, especially uh, the day before the big day, uh, to uh, come on the show and whatnot. I really appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. It needs to happen, you know? And you're real good at thank
2: it. Thank you. I I appreciate it. it. It is such an honor to be here and such a pleasure to talk with you, really. I've I'm so grateful. And you keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> <Good job. laughs>
1: I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Oh, folks, again, the website, www.knotsthefilm.com, dot com. Watch this documentary along with me tomorrow. Uh, me and Danny are going to be watching it. And, um, you know, and I'm sure, I'll tell you what, even though it's the weekend, you know, uh, there's a couple mayors and city council people I know in uh, in my local community and, and this might just be a topic of conversation that comes up this weekend because I got to do something, man. This is crazy. Anyhow, um, thanks a lot, Kate. Kate Ryan Brewer, everybody. Um, can't wait, Kate. Can't wait to Thank see you us tomorrow.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Um, Folks, that's going to wrap it up for us today. And uh, this episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We'll push it out on all the various social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on it. I'm telling you, we're like on 300 and something, like 324 or something like that, Last the last email I got, I, that which is crazy good, crazy good. Uh, you know, uh, I'm amazed at that. Uh, But, yeah, you can listen to it as a podcast anytime you want. And also, you can listen to it ad-free, of course, on my Patreon. Um, Yes, sweet. The wife finally talked me into uh, setting one of those up. Well, actually, she set it up, I'll be honest with you. And uh, it's great. Uh, We uh, do all kinds of stuff. You can find out about it on my website. Anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We will be back tomorrow um, with a uh, fantastic singer-songwriter on. We will see you next time, everybody.
0: Have a good one. Bye. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rox's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio.
2: Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio.
0: Hey that Jamie Rocks the Pop Rocks Radio? Manténganse al tanto.
1: Hey, Daddy Hicks from uh, Sweden and you are listening Pop Rocks Radio made Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?